Hey everybody and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy and today we're talking all things Red Bull Rampage because last week saw the world's scariest free ride competition go off in the Utah desert again for the 16th time. There's been 16 of these crazy ass things. Today I've got Mike Casimer, Matt Beer and Sarah Moore with me. And I should probably also say that if you haven't watched the event yet, we're definitely going to be spoiling the results for you. So if you haven't watched Rampage and for some reason you don't know what happened or who won and you don't want us to ruin it, press pause on this and come back later on. Sarah and Matt, we had a little viewing party at Pinkbike headquarters. We all watched it together with a bunch of people. Natalie brought some donuts and some other good food. Sarah, I got to admit, I get so nervous watching Rampage live like i don't watch friday fails i don't watch any crash stuff any of that stuff i get so nervous how were you coming into this were you were you nervous about watching were you kind of antsy about it yeah i uh, yeah like you love the event but you also want everybody to make it down in one piece which doesn't happen every year and there's you know some crashes ahead of the event as well so you know like they're always putting everything on the line. Um, so yeah, I was definitely nervous. I think I was a little less nervous than last year I was there in person, um, which was even yeah. scarier. I kind of like that everything looks a little smaller on the television. <laughs> it's way bigger in person. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> yeah, but it's like scarier to watch in person. So I, yeah, quite liked watching yeah. the yeah, I don't think I was quite as nervous as the year. I don't remember what year it was, but the year that Zinc called out threeing that ridiculous wood drop or no backflipping the wood drop. That was the one that I was like, when we all knew he was going to do it. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch, but I did. And it was amazing. So. <laughs> uh, Matt, you were there with us as well. How are you going into this event? Is this something you enjoy watching or does it make you nervous to watch? It doesn't make me nervous to watch, but yeah, I get pretty excited when you have the week leading up and you're seeing what the riders are building and you see a couple clips and stuff floating around. But I think most of the riders there um, have been there before. There's a couple newcomers, but yeah, they, they seem pretty dialed and they have, you know, dedicated dig crews and they, it really feels like they know what they're doing these days like they, they take the time to make the landings nice and wide and hard packed and they've got their like building skills dialed so yeah 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 it was not a huge surprise to see it go fairly smoothly but when you have a new venue there's always like a couple question marks and or a return to a new venue yeah um, yeah yeah there's always a couple question marks and things to figure out so yeah exactly Kaz, you were there with us in spirit, but I assume you were watching it live in Bellingham as well. Uh, how are your nerves going into this thing? Like we're we're talking like we're competing and we're just watching. That's how scary this <laughs> <Yeah>. thing is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was Matt. Like I, you know, I don't obviously don't want to see anyone crash, and that's the, like your biggest fear. But like watching it, I wasn't. I don't get like too scared of it. I guess because these guys are so dialed these days. But yeah, again, obviously you just want it to go smoothly. You want to see the craziest stuff, but also in like the the most like less yeah less carnage is better in my mind i know some yeah. people watch it hoping for the worst kind of but i just want to see everybody have a good clean run and good competition so um, yeah 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 hey before we get into this just because i mentioned friday fails do you do any of you three actually watch friday fails like everyone no absolutely yeah. not <laughs> i post on time social media time and time. 
<laughs> Sometimes I have to watch them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the first one I always have to watch to see what the sponsor is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I try not to. Feel bad for for our uh, for our video walk for Stefan who has to edit them all, so he has to watch yeah. them repeatedly. Can you imagine so bad like, for your you brain? Yeah, you have to just put the carnage together for like, you know, spend a couple hours putting all this carnage together. And then you're like, oh, I want to go for a bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. before we get too deep into this, I also want to stress to everybody listening that this podcast, well, it's it's pretty much going to be full of our completely unqualified opinions about this stuff. Like, I think we've all been down to the venue area um, and ridden around there and like general idea and like we know some of these people, but like obvious, I don't have to tell anybody this, obviously none of us have ridden those sorts of things um, and you know, nothing nothing that these guys are doing in down there have anything to do with like the average ride that any of us are doing. So we've obviously never judged anything like this before. So respect to all the riders, regardless of what they pulled off or didn't pull off, regardless of what the judges said about their runs, uh, regardless of what we think or say in the next hour. I think like the riders and the builders who are at this event are wild people doing wild things and they have nothing but our respect. So... Yeah. Disregard our silly opinions, everybody, that are coming up over the next hour. No, you should. Mine are right. So you should listen oh, to my yeah, opinions, okay, well. but you don't have to listen to these. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> I want to um, I want to start this podcast off with being positive and talk about some of our own favorite highlights from Rampage. Kaz, was there a move or a line uh, or a run that stood out to you as like thinking like, holy shit? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I'd say, I don't know. I think definitely Godzilla X like spinning into the run into the canyon gap. Like that was so wild. I think watching it at first watching it was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. But then after the fact, there was other camera views that came out where you could like see the head on view of what his landing looks like from that spin. Yeah. It's so nuts to land. It's such a steep landing. And then you have to like compose yourself and then backflip a canyon gap. So for me, I think that was the move that really stood out. But then obviously like Reader's Run had some wild moments. I think the... The fact that these guys are tail whipping step downs, like such Fast. a huge step down and tail whipping it. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, I can't tail whip anything, but the fact that trying to imagine the physics of pulling that off seems really hard. Yeah. So that's impressive. And then I also like Dylan Stark's little hidden um, grind rail thing. Shh, we'll get there. I just like we'll that he kind of there. did his own like goofy thing. But, <laughs> so those are like my three, those are my three things, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah I mean, there's more, but those are some highlights like yeah. off the top of my head. The Godziak drop, that three that he did on the double drop, like, that is so much gnarlier than just, I mean, threeing anything is gnarly, especially a drop that size. But like, he's got another drop coming and he's on this like ridge line. Like if things went south there, he would be screwed. Yeah, you have, yeah, you would tumble off another cliff. Like if you, instead of just having a landing to smoothness, it's a landing to cliffs. You yeah. can't just mess it yeah. up. So, I, yeah. uh, years ago, Kaz, I crashed there, not there, but like at a rampage, <laughs> not that thing thing um you were walking yeah, the i was on my bike but i it's pretty scary it is, venue, yeah. yeah i had a i crashed off a drop on a ridgeline and i hit the ground afterwards we walked back up and i hit the ground like three times in like 70 feet or something like that like we like kind of walked it out just the consequences are oh ridiculous um sarah what are your what are your what's a highlight or two from you at the event I say I liked it when they mic'd up uh, Reed yeah. Boggs and he did his line and it was funny because they mic'd up Dylan Stark and they're like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 
do they have a mic on yeah, him? Like so maybe quiet. it's not working, but I think he just like wasn't breathing the entire time. He <laughs> was just like terrified doing all the steep stuff into into his line. Um, yeah, but listening to Reed Boggs, like just like the pure excitement yeah. of like actually nailing his features. Um, that was pretty cool to like hear as he went yeah, down the hill. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like talking, like he was psyching himself up too. It's funny to hear. Like, I know when I ride, I'm dead silent. I don't say anything, but that's just how I do it. But other people are a lot more animated. So it was kind of a good one to have read and see like the other, what he was saying. It's cool. Kaz, if I was yeah. mic'd up going down there, what do you think I'd be saying? <laughs> There'd be so much squealing. <laughs> it's a loud squeal. Yeah. Um, I, just to touch on that read box thing, I was so stoked with his run. And I also do want to say he introduced himself. RC and I were at Crankworks, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago, having breakfast somewhere. And this kid comes up and he introduces himself. I had no idea who it was. And he he was in the whip-offs. I think he won like the best judged whip or something. And it was Reed. And he was so nice. He talked to RC and I for, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever, asked how the riding was going, like all this stuff. And like, I think sometimes we see these guys just sending it out there to like, you know, and... It, we don't we don't think of them as like overly friendly nice people sometimes you know and I've met Reed and he's just yeah. so nice so it was cool to see him do well for sure yeah yeah same I was like yeah he's like a really nice person when I met him last year and you're like how do you guys have time for like a journalist who like wants to ask you questions on the side of this hill when you're you know like putting your life on the line yeah. you know and yeah I appreciated last year how all of them were willing to you know talk to yeah. you and yeah, get their nerves yeah, out of if, the way. I just want to say too that like if I was that good on a bike, I would not be that nice, everybody. I would be an even bigger <laughs> dick than I am now. <laughs> Today's episode of the Pink Bike Podcast is brought to you by Trail Forks, and I am not even joking about that. It's 11 p.m. right now, and I would literally still be out in the forest if Casimir had made me download this app about a year ago. What's that? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I'll say that too, yeah, yeah. I'm also supposed to say that Trail Forks is not responsible for getting your lost ass out of the woods. You got to call the appropriate people for that kind of help. But it sure is handy for when you think you're supposed to turn left, but you most definitely need to turn right. And there's over 530,000 trails on it from pretty much everywhere. Can you imagine how big your paper map would have to be to have all those trails on it? Huge! The best part? The free version of Trail Forks gives you a local map of your area, so you don't even need to pay anything. What's that? Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll say that too. I'm also supposed to say that you can buy the pro version to unlock all the features for $2.49 a month when you combine it with an Outside Plus membership. Um, Matthew, what, what were some highlights for you? Uh, I'd have to go with Godzilla X, you know, 360 combo down to the Canyon Gap. That was, yeah, bonkers, as we talked about. Uh, obviously, Seminux drop-in was yeah. insanely wild yeah. as well. Like, imagine, you know, looking down this heinous chute that most everybody would be scared to ride down. And not only are you going to drop into it, you're going to bomb drop or acid drop, whatever you want to call it, caveman, straight into it. So you've only got like, you know, you've got to move one hand to the bars and get both feet perfectly on the pedals. And even for like a wizard, like Seminuk, you know, he looked like kind of on the edge coming down that chute. Yeah, he did. 
you know, you're getting everything. His back end was coming around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which just shows how wild it was. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a couple other hits in like one zone where like uh, Thomas Janone did, um, Janone did like that big 360 rebog, huge flip, that sort of step down area. There was a lot going on there too. So, yeah. Yeah. Tons of highlights. And, and of course, Dylan's, Dylan Stark's grind was pretty neat too. Just like, I think people disagree with you. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of something different. Like, you know, Seminux acid drop was just, you know, something different, something fresh. Um, so it keeps it exciting. Yeah. I think another highlight was uh, like Cam Zinc on that same line where Kyle Street crashed. Just like being able to, you know, have your best friend crash. And then basically they, I guess, decided their line didn't work finds a new line and like still puts in a rampage run. And that was just like super impressive. And he won the toughness award last year because he crashed on his huge step down and bruised his lung and then still competed and came forth. And then this year he, you know, wins the toughness award again because he basically just had to like figure out a different way and, you know, work through this like mental battle. So I thought that was like a highlight for me to like, that's just... Incredible. And he's the oldest competitor. So, you know, there's (laughs) that too. So yeah, he keeps coming back. Yeah. He had a pretty wild crash after seeing Kyle crash on the drop-in. They like tried to reroute his line and uh, yeah, actually like ditched his bike and like physically cased this gap with his body. And so he was riding with like a possibly broken foot or something. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. You're right. Zinc might be made of cement. (laughs) <laughs> yeah just like pain receptors are wired yeah, yeah they go to a different spot <laughs> yeah. not to his brain yeah yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> i think there's probably a, a whole conversation here about like the mental strength that goes along with something like this like you know if, if everything goes well and your your line is built correctly and it's the line you like and you pull your tricks off and like you do your thing you know that's one thing but it's never like that it's never like that. Like there's wind and you you crash in practice or your friends crash in practice and hurt themselves badly. And, you know, it's never it's never straight, of course. <laughs> yeah. Or how about like Tom Van Steenbergen last year? I didn't think like, is he ever going to ride a bike again? And then he put in a top to bottom run yeah. at Rampage one year later. And he'd been riding bikes for like yeah. two months. That was like definitely like okay i'm not gonna get emotional but like this is pretty crazy when you're watching <laughs> yeah, that run yeah he's just like <laughs> oh it's feeling good so i thought i'd go <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's the other thing too i want to mention is like a lot of these the finish line corral interviews everybody seemed so happy to be standing down there you know to be at the bottom and to be just talking about their runs where sometimes we see interviews from slope style competitions and like you could see like people are disappointed or whatever but even the people who had runs that didn't go their way, when they got down to the bottom to do their interview, they were just like, oh, yeah, I'm just, this is sweet. <laughs> I'm standing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if something goes down, like during your run, you're still just relieved that you made it down to the finish yeah, line crawl. Yeah, basically. exactly. Um, a couple highlights for me. One, did you guys know that Canadians have won 11 out of 16 of these things? That's pretty cool. 
I, I like that. Awesome. Don't you think that's awesome, Kaz? <laughs> sure, that's good. Canadians are good slope style things for free riding. We're good at sloping, Kaz, okay? Um, yeah. The other, the other thing, Brandon Semenuk winning the ARA championship, the rally car championship, and then coming to Rampage with a shot to win. He got third. He's probably super stoked with that. Um, but I think that was pretty cool. And then also, yeah, that Godziak drop, like, so, so committed. It makes no no sense to me um i want to talk about lines a little bit which uh first off kind of leads me into my last highlight which was that acid drop i don't know if is it acid drop or caveman drop what it what is it when they do that i think it's an acid drop because well but he doesn't run though right doesn't caveman you have to like take a couple steps i don't know i have to go back and like play tony hawk pro skater to figure yeah. out because <laughs> i think we could be wrong though. i mean a bike's kind of different from a skateboard so i feel like we can interpret i guess it could be either yeah want, right? remember at the start when i said similar. we don't know anything and don't listen to our opinions well here we are <laughs> <laughs> i just i can't believe like i saw a video of like when they were building that line and just to like come stand on that start platform and be like i'm gonna go that way and it was like smoothish when he did his first acid drop caveman, but like it was just like a cliff. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go down there. Can you guys try to build me something while I go off to this championship rally yeah. car driving thing? Like, yeah, yeah that's next yeah. level. <laughs> it, that acid drop was amazing. It was super impressive. All the things, but you know what else it did is it made Brandon lose a ton of elevation very quickly. And like he yeah. lost like a thousand feet or whatever it is without hitting any jumps or, I mean, it's, I'm not taking anything away from what he did because it's absolutely ridiculous. But just because we're going to talk about lines next, it seemed like that might have been a factor maybe in him not coming third. Like if he had more airtime and more time to spin or do magic things, then his score might have been better. But yeah, I liked I how he started. He- I don't think it hurt him too much in that because that top section, pretty much everybody puts their tech stuff at the top and the jumps in the bottom. Uh, okay. And I don't think that Seminuk's run took out too many features, like compared to other people up there. That's just where, like, if you look at Reader's run, he just had a few little, like, um, steep sections on a ridge. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really doing tricks. I feel like where the trick start is pretty level if you looked at the venue. Okay. Like, maybe Seminuk was a little lower, but they would have given him a higher line score for difficulty because it goes right down the face. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So I yeah. think that... Yeah. I do think you get more points, yeah, like the higher up your tricks are, though. So if you can fit more stuff up higher, mm-hmm. then they do kind of give you more points for that from what I remember. Because it's just kind of like your line just ends up being longer and you got to be committed from the top to the bottom with like, yeah, on the fly. Yeah, it, it was definitely a boss move to start with that right off the bat. And it was, you know, center stage right off the platform pretty classic seminar style like this is my line I'm trying to own this event yeah. kind of thing yeah because there's a couple lines i can't think of like maybe andre's line or like there's a couple that seemed to be to like the far right where they almost like they kind of lost the flow in the middle like it was a little bit kind of flat um and even like simon godziak line wasn't like as steep, but he was like really good at doing it just really fast and like throwing in some like manuals on the ridge line so it looked really cool but like how your line kind of flows it, it depends and also like i feel like the finish line corral was really far from where they a lot of riders yeah. finished their like yeah i hate run. that like, and so they were just like 
pedaling across. It was almost yeah. anticlimactic at the end because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that yeah. they, if they had more time, maybe they could have just like, not the builders, maybe like the venue people could have put some rollers or something for that last bit. Cause they just end up in a sagebrush and some they're just kind of like cows. lost a little bit. They should put some skinnies, put something in there. Cause yeah, like, or move the fish corral, but just the last bit was kind of like, uh. no, yeah, the jump, everybody cased it. Maybe one person almost did, but yeah, everyone was just like yeah. trying to, yeah, I think the ending of it was, could definitely have been cooler. Yeah. So this was the same venue that they used from 2008 to 2013. And now that you guys say that, I, I think back, I, I, watch, I rewatched the finals uh, just before we started recording this. And it seemed like a lot of people had a whole bunch of traversing in the middle of their run, which sort of like, you don't when you watch the highlights video, you don't, you don't see that. But when you watch the whole thing, yeah, you see there's a lot of like, I'm just going to go left and level for a minute and a half before I drop in again, which... I mean, it's if they all have to do it, they all have to do it. But it's sort of like, I feel like it took some of the steam out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's some of the, we'll get into scoring later, I'm sure. But like Andreu's run, he ended up traversing almost the whole venue to get to his little features. And then he never really had any huge features. So I think that's really what hurt him. Like in years past, we've seen Andreu just go insane, just go full tilt down the whole thing. And then it was kind of a different version of him this year. Like, oh, what's he doing? He's just kind of like cruising a little bit. Like he had a little stall out. So yeah, I mean, obviously you get rewarded if you can keep your momentum and speed. So I think we kind of saw that in some of the judging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think between using this older venue and then this is nothing, this this isn't against the riders. This is a, a, a pro. This is a compliment. These riders now, remember when just last year when they were do a 360 and we'd be like, oh, shit, like, hold on to it, you know, and this year <laughs> everybody is so solid. Like these guys are just doing the things and they're landing like perfectly set up usually for the most part, like ready for what's coming between how dialed everybody is, how good the landings are, how good the terrain is and the older venue. I don't want to say it was like, it definitely wasn't anticlimactic. That's not the right word at all because it's freaking Rampage. But it's almost like maybe it would be okay if Rampage didn't happen for like a year or two, you know? Or three, or it was somewhere else. And if it came back, it would be more special and even more exciting. Am I out to lunch? I don't know. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a lot of build up and anticipation. And we know what some of the riders are capable of. And that's yet yeah, up becoming a norm, which is you know hard to fathom unless you go there in person. And, and TV definitely doesn't do it justice. Like you watch some of the highlight videos, and like Kaz said, you get different angles which really put it into perspective and then yeah it would be very difficult to be a judge i would I would hate to have that job <laughs> yeah yeah so definitely yeah definitely have a lot of pressure on you uh from the riders i'm sure there's politics on how people build their lines and who gets to to build what and yeah yeah there's there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes there yeah they've almost kind of like painted themselves in a corner by like having they've made the jumps and the drops and everything so huge. And then I think the riders are so good. It's not that it looks easy, but I I get when some people say that it's, it's not free riding, it's slope style, which it's obviously free ride, but that debate it's because you kind of have to groom out some of the stuff for these guys to perform what they're doing. And then in the end, it's just kind of like a, yeah, I think taking a couple of years off would be, could be cool. Even just one year, like every other year, do some sort of thing like that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I think we're going to see events like Red Bull Hardline that kind of lets people showcase how insane they are at hitting big jumps, but also speed. Yeah. Um, but it's a tricky thing. Yeah. I also thought it might be a good idea, even if it was still every year, one year it's 
pretty much all natural, like it was this year for the most part. And then maybe the next year, there's some wooden things, some wooden drops, things like that, just to mix it up a little bit. And then the year after that, we go back to it being natural. I don't know. Kaz is looking at me. Everybody, skinny like skinny year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think we need wood in Rampage, but <laughs> skinny's I'm all for it. <laughs> you don't you don't think we could use some wood? You remember when Zinc backflipped off that massive wood Oakley Oakley sender? Yeah, I mean they're going just as big now, which is dirt. It looks so much better too. It's dirt. Yeah. How did you feel about that rail, yeah. Kaz? I liked it because it's so goofy, and Dylan's kind of like a he's just kind of like a rabble rouser, like oh, he just doesn't really care about i mean he cares but he's got his own his own program going on so i kind of like that he thought maybe he was breaking the rules i have no clue if he was or not but i like that the his little diggers had to pick it up and run it out into his yeah. line during the middle of his run <laughs> like that was i don't know i like when people do things that maybe could get him in trouble or not approved so yeah i was a fan that rail was i buried. wish he did a cleaner run they buried that yeah yeah they had to bury it uh-huh. i know yeah i feel like it, it was, was against the rules <laughs> I know. That's why I like it. <laughs> I wish he had stuck his run, but um, I'm stoked he got to at least compete and see what it was like. And he seemed a, a little bit out of his element, but he still did a huge tuck no hander over the canyon gap. And like, and I'm glad he got to get out there. Yeah, Matt, did you like seeing the rail there? Yeah, I, I think that you know brings some creativity and and questions. You know what what could be coming down the pipeline in the future, rampage and and just kind of yeah pushing. He's definitely pushing what's possible on such a big free ride bike too. Like, you know, it definitely had some some bar spin capabilities and tail up capabilities like we've seen from some of his videos and he's running a pretty crazy bike setup and to throw that in definitely keeps it fresh. Sarah, you're okay with the rail? <laughs> I mean, I it was it was definitely not the most important or important or impressive part of his run. I guess it's cool that, you know, he did it. Um but yeah, it was kind of, yeah, I guess a lot of hype around something that seems kind of relatively small in comparison to the rest of his run and the rest of the event. Um, but it's, yeah, it's cool to be different um, and get different people who have never been there before to kind of show you that the people who have done this 10 years in a row are actually, you know, like when you just watch the top five people, you're like, oh, that looks like not a big deal. It looks like slope style. And then you see the people who have never been before and, you know, you have a little bit more perspective yeah. on how difficult I think yeah. it is. And I think he did a good job of showing like the emotional side of like how difficult it was to get to that event and do the event. And it's cool that he put his own little spin yeah. on it, I think. I'm going to put my head out into the line of fire here and I'm going to say it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay well first i think it's neat that they hit it and like i'm all for that that's that is great hiding it and pulling it out and like doing all the, that stuff but if dylan is allowed to do some sort of rail slide thing in this allowed a funny word if he does some rail slide thing in this competition off a drop well what if next year there's everybody has like weird rail things sticking up in the middle of their mesa in the middle of the mesa to hit on their runs? I don't know. I just That'd be sweet. Yeah. Maybe like it'd be even more like a video game. Yes, you're a mystery to me. You, <laughs> you don't, don't want, want wood? wood features, but you'll take yeah. rails. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just like metal, not wood. <laughs> Recyclable. Like, sliding teeter totter thing they have. Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. Catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. It should make it like a, was it like the, it's like the old skate video. Was it Bob Brunquist? It was like hitting the giant rainbow rails on the, uh, 
like that they could just do that but the bike version but in the desert a rampage yeah no i'm good yeah. i'm good i just i just want to see well, you don't have to do it you're just gonna watch yeah no that's true that's a good point yeah um yeah i don't know i'm all for the wood if it's there but it i think it either has to be all or nothing kind of thing like either everybody can do it or nobody can do it or uh whatever um like i said earlier this is also the first rampage when these guys 360ing these drops I feel like it was like expected. Like they're just stomping them. It's crazy to me that that's a normal thing now that these guys just 360 off a 40 foot drop and they're they're so dialed that I think like like we were all watching. There was like 20 of us there watching that, sir. Maybe 15 of us watching it. And like we were all like, oh yeah, that's neat. Like no, nobody was like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say like when Carson came third at rampage it was because he did like a giant mm-hmm. 360 drop and then this year he did two and he still you know was not i don't remember what he finished but not in the top three for sure um, yeah he ended up six so it's crazy like yeah six so yeah the progression of like yeah now you do two 360s and you run off huge drops and you don't score yeah. as high as you used to when yeah. you did one yeah or even look at uh Seminux bar spin over that kind of canyon gap thing that he oh, had dude like that one just everyone kind of forgets about it but if you remember when he first hit that I don't know what year he hit that before, but that was a huge move and that was like a highlight. Yeah. But now he bar spins it. Yeah. And like, it's still a yeah. gnarly like <laughs> sniper landing over this kind of transfer thing. Like, yeah, I think like you're saying, everyone just makes it look so easy. Like, oh yeah, that's cool. But it's, they're doing impossible things. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Or backflip, backflip one, backflip one foot can off a drop, a huge drop. That, like I wouldn't even straight air. It's crazy. No, no real lip yeah. either. And they make it look yeah. easy and they've never done a lot of those things and they've definitely never done them top to bottom like i just it's so impressive that they can just visualize this and then just pull off all these huge tricks from top to bottom and even like simon godziak was saying i think to brett tippy in an interview after he's like yeah i knew i nailed my run so i changed my plan for the last drop or the last like jump on the fly to something that was like straightforward so that i wouldn't like throw it all away on one of the flat jumps at the at the bottom and you're like how do you have the mental capacity to like never have done this before and then also adapt it on the fly like that's crazy (laughs) riding there too i I know it's just such a cliche thing to say it's way bigger in person but like it is it really is no it doesn't even make sense in person (laughs) and then the other thing is kaz like when we're in the bush here in the pacific northwest and there's some drop we're lining up and we do like a couple run-ups or whatever you know these drops we could like kind of see the landing or like you could see the trail down the thing, you know, just a little ways down. But when you stand on top of some of these takeoffs, what you're seeing is the other side of the valley, like 40 miles away. You don't see anything else. Like visually, it makes no sense. Yeah. Some of it's just so blind, just being able for them to memorize their line and, and stay on, you know, they get a helicopter going around and drones and fans and all that. And then trying to like put it down into one run is yeah it's, it's so mentally they've got tough. their little rocks and they're like uh-huh. go exactly here or you're gonna fall off a cliff yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And everything looks the same too like the dirt's the same color there's no trees mm-hmm. you know obviously they know the area that they're in but oh, for me trying to memorize that would be really yeah. tricky yeah 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 and the, the landings have to be you have to be so precise like to build time like you know if you're spinning or flipping something the amount of time you're in the air and and Obviously, the wind plays a factor, but yeah, it's just the mental capacity that they have to adjust on the flies. Yeah, insane. It, it makes me think of 
the future, like five years from now, 10 years from now, what the heck is going to be going down at Rampage? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Like, I mean, I saw a video the other day of some guy did a triple backflip on a dirt bike. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah, see where mountain bikes go. But yeah, it's hard to. And I think that's the thing. Like, I don't. I think that the tricks, you know, they've become a part of it because everyone's such a good rider that they can get down most lines without tricks. So they have to do the tricks now to differentiate themselves. And I think that's where people say, "Oh, it's just slope style." It's like, well, yeah, but everyone's at such a level you can't separate them any other way in some cases. So I think they need to go to tricks to make that differentiation. Exactly. Yeah. I know you guys want to talk about judging. I know that's what you're super excited to talk about. Sure. Before we do that though, (laughs) we should probably stress that like, we obviously couldn't judge it, you know, like it's it's different. No, well you could judge it, but you would judge it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We should have done that, like submit your scores and then compare to like what was actually the judges gave. Oh, that is person. a great that idea. Was, actually. That would have been a good, yeah. Next rampage viewing party. We'll yeah. have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we can get the actual criteria and then do it, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about judging, but we're not attacking these scores. Like it is, it is what it is. And honestly, I don't even care about the scores. It's just cool to see these guys do this crazy shit and, you know, still be alive afterwards. Uh, but just generally speaking, Matt, what did you think of the judging of the event? Did you think it was good, on point, made sense? I thought it was very fair across the board, maybe with the exception of Semenuk, because he did a couple things that were a little bit more new school, like the drop-in, uh, the bar spin over that weird sideways canyon. That maybe didn't get quite the clout it deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it didn't his whole run didn't quite flow as fast as say readers or some of the other riders uh so flow definitely came into a part of it but you know they have the rubric and and they definitely know the venue and the riders and what they're capable of and they've walked the lines and, and, and seen it from their own perspective mm-hmm. so for that reason yeah maybe maybe there was a little more um that we that didn't totally add up to uh, what we see as like the number itself, but yeah. yeah. yeah what about exactly. you? Yeah. I honestly, I think the judges nailed it this year. Um, but a lot of commenters thought that Simon Godziak's run, I think I pronounced that right. Um, should have been scored higher than readers. I want to read a comment here. This is from E Blackwell. I think this is, this was from underneath the highlight videos. So E Blackwell says, I think the frustration over scores and the fact that Godziak was such a fan favorite reflects a divergence between how the event is judged and what the fans feel the spirit of Rampage is. To me, and most PB commenters, he says, it seems like the spirit of Rampage is about amplitude. Huge step downs and drops are what people think of when they think of Rampage. So fans get frustrated when someone puts down a run that embodies that amplitude first approach like Godziak and then gets outscored by someone that puts down an incredibly technical and difficult run, but one that's more just slope style influenced. What do you think of that comment there, Kaz? E. Blackwell's comment. Uh, I mean, I disagree. I think you're. That's kind of like diminishing the fact of how huge some of the drops were on Reader's run. Yeah, like that's Reader. What there was no shortage of big moves on his, and I think he just managed to pack in a couple more uh, than Godziak did, and that's why he won. Like both of them were obviously riding out the highest level and i think it could have gone either way but i think i'm sure if you if they did look at the scoring rubric um 
Rita just got a couple more points for tossing and a few more things in his run, but like those step downs and things he was hitting were, were huge. So uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, God's X run, I think I was thinking it'd be cool if they had some sort of like, I know there's best trick, but there was also in free skiing competitions, sometimes they'd have an award called the sick bird award. And that just goes to the person that just went the craziest. Like there's always like some it. guy that decides to just huck the whole venue and go, hits like a hundred footer or whatever. The um, award, I'd like man. to see that at rampage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's the one that, yeah. Like the, um, kind of like at a joyride you know hucking over the whole yeah. the whole last feature um i mean that'd be kind of a cool award to put in there because then godzik would definitely get that like that was the sickest thing yeah but um yeah as far as overall scoring goes i was i thought that top three i totally agreed with them i think i would i would like to see the breakdown i want to see their score charts just to see like which just to be able to kind of like break it down a little more but in my mind i think that um yeah reader put down the most like just a, like a flawless run basically yeah the Pinkers disagree with you. We did a poll on who should win this thing. And uh, 2,800 <laughs> votes for Godziak, 1,900 for Reader. Sarah, what do you think about E. Blackwell's comment and the votes? I think regardless of who wins, people have a different opinion. It's like they like rooting for the underdog or the person yeah. who didn't win because yeah. <laughs> same thing last year with seven oaks run people didn't think he should have won last year so it's kind of interesting that it's kind of repeating itself i i it's i mean it's i can't imagine like it's so hard to compare one run to the next when they're so different you know yeah. they're not like a lot of you know like uh, figure skating or like these other judged events like moguls, you know, they're all on the same course, I guess. And slope style even is the same course. And these guys have totally different uh, lines yep. and totally different tricks. And you're comparing, you know, like apples to oranges to like, Pears. <laughs> I don't know, dragons or something. Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apples and oranges seem too, too yeah, close you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah that was I, I couldn't be a judge for sure yeah one thing I would like to add well I guess two things I think Godziak's score maybe was a little lower because he went he went early in the event too and mm -hmm. did some pretty massive things I think that can sometimes play a part in how the whole event feels and unfolds uh, so I'm not sure if that influences the judges at all. And then the second point that I would also like to point out would be that you definitely saw, I guess the best way to explain it would be that you see a certain score for amplitude and you're not going to, you know, amplitude is going to max out at a certain score. But if you add a trick to that, then that's going to be like sort of another column or category to add onto that. So you can only go so big on one jump if you throw a trick into that that definitely boosts your score. And you saw that with maybe, I guess, who'd be a good example? Sorgi's run? Mm -hmm. um, like you threw like a Superman and a, and a flip, but like it didn't have as many tricks as Reader or Seminar or Godziak. And they weren't on that scale either. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kind of yeah. differentiates mm -hmm. those scores big time. Yeah, I think that point about the score and how they – the ones that go early do tend to have, you know, they kind of like set the bar with those first couple of riders and it's gotta be kind of, 
it just got a stink to be the first rider to go because they're like, all right, this person, I think this one's going to, the next person's going to do this much better or worse. So we're going to put up at this point. So I saw some comments. People were saying that maybe it'd be good if they did like release the scores after, after the fact, which could be cool. It's so hard because they are trying to make this for TV and for an audience, which there's obviously pros and cons for that too. Like you want, it's kind of, it'd be kind of strange to watch. It'd be like watching the Olympics and not knowing who won until after the whole event was over. You know, it's I mean, kind that's of strange. Lots of other I don't know what the like what? Like all the racing and and all sorts of stuff. No, like a judge. Do you know any judge event oh, where they do that? No, they... but I do like the idea. But it, I think you're right. In practice, I think it might feel weird. Like we're used to them coming down and like, whoa, we got an eighty nine point seven. He takes the lead. You know, like whereas now, now yeah, they they come down and they get scored right away. But that sort of leads me to my other issue. There were a lot of people talking about the coverage and how long it took between riders, eight to 10 minutes between riders. Cause they had like, you know, all these like personality profile filler things they were putting in and people just wanted to watch, watch the sending. But if the ra- if the judges didn't have to score the runs as soon as they were done, that might speed up the process a bit. Like they, the rider comes down, they can interview him, blah, 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 do the thing. But then we can have a rider at the top ready to drop in and we could just see these guys send it and we don't have to wait. And I think this is the first year that I've seen so much waiting that it, it took a lot of the steam out of it. Matt? Yeah, yeah there's definitely, definitely a fair bit of waiting. I know there's, you know, wind or, you know, they have a 10 minute window to even draw once they begin. Um, but yeah, I wonder if, one, I think, I think that that could be a cool internal way for the event to kind of evolve is having the judging move on or take place after everybody's done the first run. And then the, the second thing would be that it might give the judges more time to see a second angle or to interpret yeah. the differently or interpret the run differently. And they might not be as rushed because there's, there's definitely some waiting and some, and some pressure on them as well. So I don't know how you feel yeah. about that. Yeah. Although I do think like the judges are like walking all the lines, like you said, and they're also talking to all the riders. So I think they have an idea of like what people are kind of planning on for their run a little bit. And so the per- first person who comes down, they they probably know like, okay, this is our kind of line, line in the sand and you're kind of judging everybody else mm-hmm. from that rider. But they also have kind of an idea of like, what might be coming up next. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. The, the first riders down can be like less highly judged because they don't have that kind of line of like, who's going to win? What's the highest score going to be for the day? But the highest score was still a 90. So they still have kind of room to play with mm-hmm. that way as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I wonder if before the riders drop in, like I assume that the judges are thinking like, okay, you know, th- if this happens, it would earn a 90. So we work backwards from there. Like to be to be honest with you, I'm not sure how the judging works. We should probably get one of them on here to talk about it, maybe. <laughs> I have an article I wrote actually when oh, I, I should read it one day. Page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just reading through it. <laughs> Josh Bender says we judge on air and amplitude, tricks, line choice, style, speed, and fluidity. And then we balance those over into a fifth score, and that's the total. And then they drop the lowest yeah. score. So they've got some strategy here and randy spangler said that it is harder and harder each day or each year to um 
to judge it. And then you want to look like you're confident progressing and pushing the sport forward a bit, which I think is, is cool. And that's kind of what I have to say that I know those talky bits were long, but I really liked the reader profile where he's like, yeah, if I, when I missed the event last year, I was watching it and I was like, if I'm there, it's going to be a better event for it. And I was like, that's cool. And also that 10 years ago or eight years, 10 years, when he did his first rampage, he was like, I just wanted to make it down the easiest possible line down the mountain. And now I want to go out and win it. So it's cool to see like even just his progression yeah. since he started doing yeah. the event. I think, I think the judges nailed it personally. Um, the, a couple of the commenters had some great suggestions. What about a judge's comment? So they, they released the score and then maybe there's a couple sentences where the judges can say like, you know, so-and-so did this and this, but I don't, maybe that's too convoluted, too complicated, you know, but just like, I, I think what people need is some perspective is my point. Yeah. I mean, even if they, <clears throat> even if they had it, like the breakdown of each category when the score comes out. So if little pat, like little panels or whatever come up and says like amplitude 10, style four and then you show the final total so then yeah. you could kind of see what mm -hmm. really separated one run from another because as it is now you just get you know kurt sorge gets a 74 but where did he where did you do better or do worse than the other competitors you don't really know that um yeah because they're yeah so they have all that in front of them it'd be cool if they could kind of just show more just more insight into the judging process i think would help uh, a lot instead of just showing like a random photo a random video into the judging booth where they're just eating pizza like i don't think yeah. this is like helping your case guys like i know you're hungry but like <laughs> yeah, i don't know how closely are you paying attention right yeah now? yeah i i think this is the most important event of the year for i mean a lot of the riders that are there and a lot of the people watching it so i think everything that red bull can do to make it more transparent and more like understandable for the people watching it could it could only be a good thing for sure uh Kaz, before we get out of here you mentioned andreu lecondigi you were a big fan of his run but you thought maybe he didn't get scored as high as he should have Kaz, i did at first like when i was watching the coverage i was like ah that seems like a little bit of a low score um but then i went back and watched it and then i don't think that's the case i think that the way that the the kind of the run order went when he dropped in his run looked better than the rider before him. And it, it didn't seem like there was as much of an improvement to his score basically. But then I went back and watched. And I was like, actually it wasn't like your typical Andre run. He didn't go as fast. He didn't go as big. He had his cool tricks, you know, his, um, backflip, uh, Superman seat grab, I think was in there. Like he did his stuff, but nothing was, he didn't have the full amplitude that we're used to seeing from him and other people went bigger. So I don't think he got robbed. Maybe, his score could have been a little higher, but he's definitely not a podium contender, I wouldn't say. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm looking through this and like so many people think he could have come first. I'm like, his run was definitely no not way. first. There's like 809 people. He should have won first place. Who are you guys? Yeah, like there's no way. He went kind of slow. And I, yeah, I don't think he had a drop that was over like 20 feet, which seems crazy to that 20 feet's a very big drop, but he didn't have any huge ones. And yeah, well, if everyone should watch his run again and see, because I kind of. I felt like when I watched it live, I got caught up in the moment. I was like, I think Andreu got scored too low. And I watched it again. I was like, I don't think so, really. Like, I think also because he looked so disappointed. Yeah. Like maybe that played. Plus, into, he hit the little, like, like how you feel about his. Yeah, he hit that weird cable in the end. And so I think people remember thinking that that messed up his run. He ran into like a, a television cable box or a, a spool of cable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was bummed about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of weird, but. Yeah, that seemed a little just like, yeah, that, I mean, I don't know if he probably lost 
that many points for no that. Yeah, hopefully but they wouldn't have talked it definitely about. yeah yeah i feel like it was the television people's fault not his but yeah. i feel like your builder should be keeping an eye on your line maybe before you drop in yeah. <laughs> uh kaz lastly before we leave I read a whole bunch of comments about the ESPN coverage in the States. And obviously, we were watching the Red Bull coverage up here in Canada. So can you tell me what that was like? It seemed like some people were ticked. I think it was the same as far as the coverage goes, right? Like you guys had chemical commentating and all that. Yeah, but you guys had way more commercials or something? Yeah, well, because I think you ended up having commercials on top of the... There was like Rampage commercials, and then there was whatever ESPN commercials too so oh, there's more cover more commercials and then people also had to pay for it. like not everybody has espn plus um to which is always frustrating it's kind of like when the world champs happen and you have to figure out a vpn or some way to go around if you don't want to pay or like i uh, yeah i was lucky enough somehow i had it because of comes with like my cell phone plan but either way it's still kind of huh. yeah <laughs> it's just a weird thing to have to be like wait i need a different channel i just want to watch this on the computer like usual so yeah growing pains cas growing pains like rampage is a is a popular thing mountain biking is more popular now and it's on espn but it's not going to be on it's not going to be on television without commercials like I, I i didn't watch that coverage i didn't see the espn but i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there were commercials yeah it didn't like it didn't really bother it just kind of felt like what you would expect if you're watching tv i guess but i mean overall i thought the coverage was cool like i i did like the some people might not have liked it but i liked the little uh the drone, the follow, the drone down the line where they had the animation that showed where the rider was going to oh, go. That was neat with the arrow. Yeah, yeah, like that must have taken so long to do. Up, I can't like even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a little cheesy, but still, like the overall visualization was impressive. I don't know how much that cost or how long it took because that seemed like a big project. But I think it's helpful. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I guess need, for people needing to pay for it is probably pretty frustrating. That would be annoying. But I get it because yeah. you have to yeah. pay for the riders yeah. and pay and for, for the, all the things. So. I mean, I get that the. Yeah. And I get that the profiles are a bit longer because it's maybe the audience doesn't know the people as well. And so, I mean, it does definitely take away from like the speed and the cadence of the event. But at the same time, it is nice to have a little bit of background into these people Mm -hmm. if you don't know them. So I can see it both ways. Like some of them felt like they were filling space and then some things it was like, oh, like that, those are like good interviews. And I think it's hard for the athletes to like coming up to the event. They've got all this time to dig and build. And then they're also probably doing these interviews like on, on the Hill. So that definitely makes it kind of harder for them. But as a spectator, I don't know. It wasn't a terrible experience to watch this for sure. The only hard thing was watching them all walk down the hill. Yeah. That, they should have cut the cameras for that. Don't <laughs> show that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, and that was for a wind, a wind delay. Eh, Sarah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So the, I think there was only seven riders who even went up uh, to do their second run. And then they were all hoping, you know, that they would actually get to do a run, but they ended up walking down because you can't just half commit to those lines yeah. in the wind. It's almost like if they didn't have 10 minutes before between each rider and all these like rider profile things and all these delays, it's almost like they would have been wrapped up first and second runs before the wind came right. up. But I'm not there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know. I, yeah, I don't think they need to make it live. Like, just put it on a two-hour delay or something, you know, just so that way you could have the riders drop just, you know, every two minutes or whatever, get all that done, and then you can edit that and splice in those other things just as it goes, and then you don't have yeah. to have the whole weird live delay for things that they don't even see. It's just kind of strange. Yeah, I would put it on a couple-hour delay, 
everyone would still watch and be fine and just, you know, tell people that are there, don't spoil it on social media or whatever that if you won't know the results two hours ahead because you're there. Yeah, because I, I want to say like Red Bull Hardline, Red Bull Hardline isn't actually live. Like I think they wanted to make it live, but I'm not sure if it even was live because it's kind of out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And same with Rampage, like there are spectators. Um, but I feel like they could just have a delay and yeah. then the riders could all just go down one minute apart and get your profiles in and it's a good experience for yeah. everybody. Yeah. One thing that I would like to see, I know this is not going to happen because Rampage is a competition and people do want to watch it live, Kaz. And it, I mean, they want the scores right after the runs. But if- Just don't tell them it's not live. Just lie to them. <laughs> It's a good point. <laughs> Nobody will figure it out. But my buddy was there. Time zones. <laughs> um, I This is not going to happen. But if Rampage was a jam format judged by the competitors, they wouldn't work for television, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But I think we would see... I think we would see more things. Uh, I think we'd see more action. I think it'd be a better event overall, you know, and that won't happen, but I think that's how it should be. And I think it should be every other year to make this event even more special than it is now. So, yeah. Oh, we forgot one more thing. We should mention Jackson Riddle. He got best style and we didn't talk about him at all. Oh, yeah. And he did have very good style. I like his moto tricks and his, he just does tricks you never see very often on mountain bikes. Yeah. Shout out to Jackson for his. Yeah, getting so twisty and yeah. Yeah, he is. So flexible. <laughs> yeah, that kid That kid definitely has style. To have style on stuff like that. Yeah. All right, everybody. That is it for our Red Bull Rampage debrief. Let us know in the comments what you guys think of our opinions. How wrong are they? Are they super wrong or are they just regular wrong? Uh, and let us know what you think of the event itself. How would you improve the event? Would you change the judging? Would you want it to be a jam format? Uh, would you take out all the rider profiles or do you like learning about all the guys that are out there competing? Let us know what you think in the comments. And as always, share the podcast and rate the podcast and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>